This is Unfiltered, episode 302 for April 13th, 2020. Coming to you from the Northwest COVID-19 Broadcast Command Center. My name is Jason. We're back again for another edition of Unfiltered, watching all the news that you really shouldn't be. I'm Chase, and on the other side of the virtual COVID-19 fence that I've constructed here in the studio... Mr. Chris Fisher. Hey, Chris. How you doing, buddy? Hey, buddy. I really like this plexiglass you got. Thank this you. is top yes. notch. Well, you know, I, I spared no expense. I, I added all the UV anti-radiation, the anti-static. Oh, watch your head there on the foam. I don't want you to oh, get hurt. Oh, yeah. thank you. Hmm. Yeah, don't get hurt there. That's, That's some tough ceiling. stuff. Okay. Yeah, well, no, I know, yeah. It, uh, but it's, I, it's, it's, it's antibacterial, oof. so it's nice. <laughs> I do like the bunker, though, but it's a little warm in here, too. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, you know, that's why we only keep the shows short. Kind of also, it kind of smells like farts in here, Chase. Well, (laughs) I couldn't spend the money on the charcoal filtering, so sorry about that. Well, I'm glad we had a chance to do this. My week was pretty crazy, and I wasn't sure if this was going to line up, but there's been a lot going on that I was hoping we'd get a chance to talk about. Yeah, a lot in, in the big world and in the small world, too. Yeah. Do you want to start with a little uh, breaking news right off the top? Uh, we have breaking news. We do. Right Here it is. They're coming news. in right now. Oh, is it Wolf? You know, I'm going to say it's even a little bit of good news, actually. A few additional headlines, starting with this Fox News alert. UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson released from the hospital just Yay! moments ago. Breaking news. Downing, uh, Downing Street yeah, says yeah. the Prime Minister will continue his recovery from the coronavirus at home. He will not yet be returning to work. Great news there from our allies across the pond. You know, it's always better when they have some music underneath it, isn't it? Well, it's that it's I don't know if the uh, anchor is hearing the return audio of that beat or not. But, man, that would be very distracting. I mean, it's just like get it, get it in the beat. Oh, I disagree. I get really? the groove. Oh yeah, man. You know me. I am stuttering, so I don't know. I, I, mean, I kind of, you know, what I like. To, I loop. like to, I like to have a little music under me when I start talking about something. Chris, Chris, bi- what? Chris, what? stop. No, stop. okay. Right. Yeah, I just get into the groove. Yep. Yeah, I, I know, but. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, yeah. I actually have. I had really not a lot to say on this topic other than. Uh, could Boris you ima- didn't, let me just say, Boris doesn't deserve to die. Okay, I mean, I know there are some people that are like, "Oh, the blue team or the red team needs to win on this," and you know, he needs to be no. Wow, he needs to die on this. Wow, I'll tell you just this saying. though: Could you imagine if he had? <sighs> yeah. Woof. Yeah, that would have I been. Mean, you know, and you know what the sad thing is: there there are going to be people and fans of the show that are going to say, you know, maybe you know would have been better off, but. No, I, I, I personally believe that, you know, as, as humans that, you know, maybe this experience will hopefully maybe change the guy and, you know, show him that, you know, maybe it's important to not, uh, I don't know, defund the National Health Service for example, <laughs> and privatize it and let America jump in there. You know, maybe he did not have, a good idea. He did have high praise. I do wonder yeah, I if he uh, did. Uh, yeah. I, we may need some faith healers. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if Nancy was one of them. <laughs> Funny thing about old Boris is you can hardly tell when he's sick or healthy because he kind of just looks the same. <laughs> well, it's the hair. Yeah. 
Yeah. All right. Well, let's start with some discussion on COVID-19 now that Boris is healed. Uh, and let's start with just where the numbers are at at this point in time. Now, the latest number of confirmed coronavirus cases here in the United States rising past the half a million mark with more than 20 thousand deaths, both numbers the most in the world. But it is important to consider the size of our country compared to some of the other hard hit ones. Dr. Anthony Fauci saying a, quote, rolling reentry back to normal could begin next month. And in New York, deaths remain high, while the governor says there is evidence that the curve is indeed beginning to flatten. Yeah, that's actually kind of encouraging there. In fact, yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that maybe a member of our awesome audience can point me to the right direction on this. And I know we have a great audience. And, and that is, given the percentage of people that, A, have been trying to get testing mm. and, B, the, the amount of testing that's been performed, I mean, do we really have an accurate idea of, of the infection rate? And I mean, and how are they figuring that out? Because that kind of stuff just boggles my mind that sometimes I try to find a clear answer to and it's it's hard to find. You really just have the hospital uh, diagnosis or people that have gone to testing centers. Um, And then the thing that's also kind of hard to understand about the death rate is it seems that they're counting essentially in some cases all deaths that have occurred in the hospital. And so say someone had a heart attack while they were there with COVID, that is counted as a COVID death. Really? They're counting that? Yeah. That doesn't seem correct. It doesn't yeah. feel like that should be well, right. I, I've, I, have I mean, because searched... they've, they, they've also said it the other way. Like they've, they said it like before that, like back in January and February where they were starting to diagnose COVID that a lot of people died of pneumonia, for example, that maybe that they misidentified those as COVID cases. So the they best that been. I can get to is they needed to start tracking these COVID related deaths and the hospital said, we're too busy. So we're just, if they had COVID. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I'd That's love to know cool. more about that. Yeah, no, I, I would, well, it's because they're it's because they're there's only there's only so, so much they so can what? do. If, 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 so if a guy, let's say there was a car accident outside the freaking hospital, yes, well, and I'm bleeding profusely, and then I get <laughs> brought in on a gurney, and I'm put in the ER, and they say clear, and I don't make it, they say I die of COVID. I'm not going to dignify that with an answer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. But right. it, it sounds it sounds like if you're in the hospital, you're in a bed and you die. Um, I don't know. I mean, maybe you but I think maybe the argument is sim- quite simply, well, the COVID-19 situation exacerbated a really bad problem. And if they weren't struggling with that as well, they probably would not have died or may not have died. So we're see, just going to count it. See, like, you know, producer Matt in the chat saying, uh, you know, Texas has done less than 5000 tests. 5,000 tests in a state of how many millions and millions and millions of people? I'm like, how oh, are we Chase. even getting accurate Chase. information? I'm disappointed I'm in you. Oh, you know what? Oh, you, I, what do you I know, always I know say? It's an ob- I know it's an obvious answer. I was yeah. softballing it for you. Irrelevant yes. news in the yes. chat room nails it. COVID-related treatments are being paid more by the government than insurance would be. So there's possibly corruption there because if oh, they label it sure. as- Right. So if they sure. labeled the billing as a COVID-19 related issue, then they get the money. Well, this this is a backhanded way. Now, when when they say, you know, in many of the press conferences, oh, don't worry, you're it's going to be taken care of. It's going to be fine. You know, if it's going to be fine, Mr. Pence, if it's going to be OK, then obviously you guys are uh, the, the insurance companies are just basically taking this uh, indirectly. Right. And that's why they're charging it more. That makes sense. Just another 
backhanded way, showing them the money. They say they're going to they're going to negotiate with the hospitals directly, but that just doesn't seem scalable, does it? No, no. I mean, they said that they're going to you know encourage a new negotiation, and that's why this whole private insurance marketplace was supposed to work out so well, right? Remember that. <laughs> um, so I yeah. want to say thank you to the Discord chat. It has been awesome this week, and I've gotten a bunch of great stories and clips out of there. Uh, if you want to join us, unfilter.show slash Discord. And I want to just say this. That is my social media platform for this show. I don't really talk about it on Twitter or on the Jupiter Broadcasting shows because it's an independent entity, and I want to keep it completely independent especially after the week I just had. And so the Discord is the space where I'm talking about unfilter-related stuff, and it's been a really great community there. And producer Matt has been working with folks there to make things, you know, just even better and smoother and yeah. a little more organized. Yeah, it's, it's when, you're not, when, when you're not listening to a, a live show and you want to just, you know, hang out with the, the, the community, that's the place to, to chill. Yeah. That's that's a great place. And then when we're live, we are at twitch.tv slash unfilter, and we are utilizing the live chat there, too, so you can subscribe right. or whatever, follow whatever over there at the Twitch. I'm new to the Twitch, you know, the kids well, today. You, well, you know, the thing about, the, about the Twitch is, you know, as 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 people start to discover us in the, the directories of, of Twitch, you know, people are going to chat and say hello. And that's how you get the spread to word and just show people that, hey, you know, it's okay to question. It's okay to have a, a a thought, and we can demonstrate in our community that we can hear each other, we can talk to each other, and actually not have to yell at each other to engage the conversation and, and think about different points of view. And so that's the, that's the cool get thing. rewards. We want to Absolutely. thank you for yes. turning folks in and making sure I, we are all safe. Yes. Sorry. Yes. I, please that was turn them into our, to our mods in the unfilter uh, <laughs> Discord, please, because we want to do that. No, but you're right. It has been a really good yeah. – people yeah. are um, being – exactly like, like we try to make, position the show. They're being open to other sides. They're listening, yeah. and then they're articulating their side of their perspective, and I think it's right. been great. I, I think, you know, when you, you know, we do this show, Chris, you know, a lot of people think that, you know – we have the absolute answer sometimes. Like, you know, like I don't what think anybody, say. nobody thinks that, Chase. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on now. Well, not, not like they hold us, the answer. They hold us to the absolute answer that they have yeah. a vision, but yeah. Right, right. Like, and if we don't agree with the vision that they have of us in their heads, we have disappointed all of our fans forever. Yeah. I um, also am I'm setting up a Proton Mail account for the old Showski. So what is Proton Mail for those uh, us in the common world, Chris, that uh, don't know what that is? It's really secure hosted email, I believe, in Switzerland, and okay. it uh, it is encrypted by default, and it has a, a couple of neat ways you can interface with it, either from a desktop client or by using their webmail, and it's it's essentially safe, and it's a it's a way. Back in the past. People used to send me emails that were GPG encrypted, and then I would have to decrypt right. them manually, and then I'd get a text file, and it just became cumbersome. Oh, I thought you were going to say back in the past, people stuck a stamp on an envelope and oh. they put it in a mailbox. <laughs> I thought you were going to go there for a minute. Sorry. No. <laughs> no. Back in the day, letters were placed in a sack on a horse. It's the and they were shipped mailbox. Across the, yes, that's right. And they were shipped across the country. Um uh, yes. No, so I, I'm setting that up. I think it's going to be unfilter at protonmail.com or something, whatever their things are. So I, we'll be All checking right. that. I'll get you that info too. Um, I Yeah, uh, but that won't matter soon anyway because, you know, thanks to this next kid in security act or whatever you want to call it to stop child porn. They're going to get all the keys of that stuff anyway, right? 
I will hope I hope not uh, it's not a Switzerland server. So we have that That's if true. you if you want to send us something long or offline and then we have the Discord cool. for the real time chat. I do check the Discord a lot more than I check email because it's just I got an app on my phone and I can like time slice that really easily. So anyways, little community update there. Yeah. Sweet. I yeah. like that. And then have uh, people uh, away that are on the inside so to speak to uh, pass along information if they so chose. Yeah, although really the Discord's the way, but I totally yeah. understand it's not for everybody. Yeah, you know, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Um, in fact, I you're gonna hate me, but I even old schooled up over here, and I signed into the Twitch chat with my IRC client. <laughs> well, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it works. Nothing wrong with the IS, IRC clients out there. You know, no. it's just I I like to be in the room of the platform that we're on. So if we if we if if we were housing our own live stream, for example, and it was like a completely private thing, then of course, yeah, we'd use our own private chat there. But I figure. It makes sense if we're streaming on Twitch, chat on Twitch. Can I ask you one more newbie question before we get into the other clips? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Um, yes, I'm here. Dr. Chase is here to help. If you play back the video on Twitch, which it stays up there for a little bit, uh, yeah. the video version of the show, do you, does the chat room play back with it? Yes. Oh, okay. That's nice. All right. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's got uh, it's got, and the cool thing too, if people clip a part of the show, for example, because people do clip things. Uh, and they share those and stuff. Uh, the the chat w- that was clipped in that part will move along with it too. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. So so there's some nice benefits. I want to play some clips, and then ultimately these are setting up what I'd like to talk to you about, which is the obvious impending investigation that's being set up by Schiff on the whole Schiff. coronavirus um, after action report committee and yeah. how it was handled by the Trump administration. So first, before we get there, I want to play this clip, which covers a. I think they refer to it as deeply reported story by the New York Times. This weekend, the New York Times published a sweeping investigation into all of the people around President Trump who were trying to sound the alarm on coronavirus starting back in January and why President Trump was so slow to respond. According to the Times, on January 18th, Health Secretary Alex Azar briefed President Trump on the virus. Then on January 29th, economic advisor Peter Navarro warned that coronavirus could cost more than half a million American lives. The following day, January 30th, Azar again warned President Trump that the virus could become a pandemic. President Trump reportedly dismissed that as, quote, alarmist. Three weeks later, on February 21st, the White House Coronavirus Task Force conducted this mock simulation of the pandemic and concluded that aggressive social distancing measures had to be implemented. Two days later, Peter Navarro doubled down on his warnings with yet another memo. Then two days after that, February 25th, the CDC issued a public warning about the threat which reportedly angered the president. It was not until more than two weeks later that the president finally declared a national emergency. Now, what I find to be two things, always with me, I guess, is number one, pretty concise timeline. Number two, some of this had to have been leaked by the intelligence agency once again. We are starting to see intelligence agency leaks under the Trump administration directly to the journalists. And what that ultimately does is it gets this timeline and narrative out there ahead of the Trump administration, who is right now, as we speak, scrambling to put their own timeline together to release to the public. And during Trump's press conference today, played a montage video. Oh, yes. 
of 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 the of the media downplaying the coronavirus and the Trump administration talking about how important it is. Of course, they don't really get specific on the timelines of the Trump administration. But this is a battle that is brewing right now, and these are the weapons that are going out right now. This New York Times is leaked to the New York Times, and now the Carry On coverage, the Trump administration's response to it. I'm curious what you think about this at this point. So obviously, when you when you have the White House today. Uh, you don't have that clip, by the way, do you, of the uh, of today's um, video that they played? Of the montage? Yeah. Uh, you want to know the hilarious reason why I can't grab it? No. I don't well, have well, of it. Of course. Yes, of course. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's ridiculous because the tweet where I found it, the tweet was so long, the description was that YouTube DL couldn't download it. And that's the only place I found it before we started because... Uh, the press conference was still was still going on when we Got started okay. when we sat down. So I saw it on Twitter, but ironically, like my file system couldn't handle the file name length or something like that. It was some stupid technical error that prevented me from grabbing it. Uh, but I have seen these montages before. I could play some. I have other ones where the media just it's essentially clips of the media saying that they, it's just like the flu. It's not a big deal. It's like the flu, and then they transition to the Trump administration's response, um, and it, it's. It's their version of the story, and it's their first response. But that's just their that's just their holding piece while they actually are developing a written document that they're going to give to the press. Yeah, I all all I know is you know what we were living through and what we saw. You know, yeah. there were there were, there were, there were weekends when you know the virus was starting to pick up some steam, and the president uh, was golfing, for example. You know, there 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 are instances during the month of January, and February, and then people are going to be like, "We'll see." You know, see, you're attacking the president. I'm just stating a fact, right? And so, anybody who construes facts as attacks, I would love to have a conversation with you and why you're calling it an attack if it's an absolute truth. True. I mean, there are uh, a lot of these uh, statements in that timeline that are accurate, and so right now you you have. Uh, obviously, the president and his team, uh, and you know they're seeing, you know they they already have this uh, ang- not anxiety, but this animosity towards the New York Times, and so they're going to come out with their anti media look. It's bias, blah blah blah. Here's our our uh, what was Kellyanne Conway's line about uh, alternative facts or oh, God, I forget <laughs> what she used to say. Oh man, that was a uh, long time ago. I yeah, forgot what but, that was. But this is this is along those lines. They they want to have their version uh, and their story of events. And I have know, a bit you, of that audio if you'd like to hear it. Thanks to uh, alternative the chat facts. Thanks, producer. Yeah, Matt. alternative yes. facts. Here's a little bit yeah. of that video. In five years when I'm not here, those papers are all going out of business because nobody's going to want to read them. But now they like them because they write about me. Now, with that, I have a couple of interesting. We have a few uh, clips that we're just going to put up. We could turn the lights a little bit lower. I think you'll find them interesting. And then we'll answer some questions. I'll ask you some questions because you're so guilty, but forget it. Uh, But most importantly, we're going to get back onto the reason we're here, which is the success we're having. Okay, Uh, please. You can put it on. Thank you. All right, I want to stop here before I play it. Um. <laughs> I mean, I, I cannot. I mean, he he totally. I mean, he give, you got to give him props. He's he's definitely the TV showman host. You know, we haven't seen it yet. You know, it's my first time. I'm going to watch it right along with you guys. He's obviously well, saw. He was setting up the clip. Yeah, and I'm going to have questions for you. We're going to talk about it. 
I'm gonna. So the thing, <laughs> the thing, the thing that I note about it is, yeah. you hear the jab in there. Of course, yeah. The, it's these jabs, these jabs that I think uh, ultimately inflame the situation with the with the media and it creates this immediate adversary kind of dialogue it's a they each escalate to the point where it it sort of permeates all of their conversations all of their discussions all of his all of his statements and all of their questions and then that sort of permeates into just the general culture and our twitter well, wars and all of that well and it, and it feeds into you know uh his fans and his base that you know yeah, the president's fighting. The right. president's fighting well, and, for me. You know, it's funny you say that. Like one little side jab like that, and yeah. Hannity can make a whole fifteen-minute segment about it in that right. night's news. You I, know? I just, I just, I like. I would, I would want to talk. You know, in an and and someone in a you know calm, respective you know conversation. You know, we can have a dialogue. Uh, how that is okay in our current time right now with with people that are literally are are dying. There are people that are dying from this, that this, you know, unknown. Uh, well, we're getting more information about this disease, you know, and, and, you know, a lot of people are like, well, see, you're just an alarmist, you know, but I'm not an expert either. OK. And so I would like somebody to just be calm about it and, and be factual. But no, we don't get that right now. And so if I if I disagree with those statements, yeah. then, you know, you and I are, or other people are well, attacked because we're being biased, quote unquote, or whatever. So what, I, I, it what, what if, okay, so, okay, now this is, I'm playing devil's advocate, let's zoom out really far. Yeah. I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but let's just spend a little bit of chat talking about this. Yeah. What if you take the entire Trump history with the media into context, and that is from inauguration to Russiagate and all the notes in between to the impeachment He has a history now of animosity with these people and how they have gone after him constantly. Well, but it's also because of the stuff that he does and how he enables, like, for example, Sean Spicy Spicerson. Yeah, that was, you know, coming coming out and coming out and saying this is the largest crowd in the history of America, period. End of discussion. All guns blazing on that one. I mean, it's like, hello. I mean, when you come out like that and be so blatantly wrong, and then you have people defending, well, are you sure he was wrong? It's like, come on, people. And and it's just this perpetual lies and just these little lies, things and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I don't understand. I mean, that's not about fighting the media. It's a matter of just telling the truth. All right. So I didn't expect, uh, let's, let's not so go too suck. far down this rabbit yeah, hole because. Yeah, I know. Yeah, My head's could, spinning already. Uh, but here, I'll play a little bit. This is pretty good. I'll try to narrate the bits that uh, don't have any audio because there's some text that'll come up on the screen from time to time. Yeah. But otherwise, I'll, I'll play it again. In five years when I'm not here, those papers are all going out of business because nobody's going to want to read them. But now they like them because they write about me. Now, with that, I have a couple of interesting. We have a few. Uh, clips that we're just going to put up. We could turn the lights a little bit lower. I think you'll find them interesting. And then we'll answer some questions. I'll ask you some questions because you're so guilty, but forget it. Uh, But most importantly, we're going to get back onto the reason we're here, which is the success we're having. Okay, Uh, please, you can put it on. Thank you. 
It starts with the media minimize the risk. We're concerned right now with the flu in this country. A lot of people are concerned about the coronavirus because they're hearing a lot of news about it right now. But the reality is comparing it to the flu, for example, it's not even close to being at that stage. What if it is worse? Is this a moment where maybe countries put politics aside, a little bit of pride aside? The one where it's what if it is worse, of course, is Hannity. (laughs) Of course Trump was involved with this. Do we have U.S. officials? Should U.S. professionals such as yourself get involved? How worried should Americans be about coronavirus? Coronavirus is not going to cause a major issue in the United States. While president took decisive action... Going across the screen is a timeline, and uh, in the version we have from C-SPAN... All I got to say is, if Obama did this, or if, um, you know, Bush did this, or Clinton did this, I mean, it's It's, just, it's so... It's weird, too, because it, uh, you can find the version that has the full screen video, but this one's even better, because while you can't read you can the timeline, see, yeah, you can see you can yeah. see how awkward it is in that room. And so, uh, gr- scrolling across the screen is a timeline, and then of course they start playing clips of Trump, like uh, on March 11th, from Europe to the United States for the next 30 days, where he does the travel ban. Then they play clips of people, you know, tearing him down uh, for doing it. Um, and then of course they end with all of the governors saying how much they appreciate Trump by Saturday morning, and we are grateful. To the administration for their continued support the and responsiveness. Um, and <laughs> this is what the Schiff slash Pelosi after action report trial hearing is going to be all about. It's going to be war of the timelines. It's going to be timelines, timelines, and timelines. You're going to have Beck with his chalkboard. It's going to be all about the timelines. Uh, <sighs> and I have here's here is Trump's defense of the timeline. This is he's got to work on this. We have CNN, we have many other places, and they're all saying he doesn't need to do it. He doesn't need to do it. All I'm saying is this. How do you close down the greatest economy in the history of the world when on January 17th you have no cases and no death? When on January 21st you have one case and no death. One case. Think of that. Now, we're supposed to close down the country, but here's what happened. When on January 31st I instituted the ban, Joe Biden went crazy. He said, you don't need the ban. You, he didn't go crazy. Like he, just, he didn't even know what the hell the ban was. But he, so he didn't go crazy. But he did say. <laughs> See, and then sometimes, I, I, sometimes, I don't know, something about the Biden jabs I just enjoy. He did call me xenophobic. Wait a minute. He called me xenophobic. He called me a racist because he has since apologized and he said I did the right thing. Now, I, okay. I don't know how accurate that timeline is. I'm waiting to see their official response. But it would have been crazy to shut down the entire economy with one one case or one death. No, no. And I, here's the thing. I don't think anybody was was saying that. I think people are saying is you weren't getting prepared. You weren't you weren't gearing up resources. You were not making the plans. You were not doing what was supposed to be happening at that point is having an action plan and something ready to go. Right. And I and that's that's been my biggest complaint about all this is whatever freaking timeline the White House is going to put out isn't going to show any of that because they weren't ready <laughs> or 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 this, you know, you know, or, you know, the the fact that uh, 
you know, they, they, you know, disbanded the, you know, the, uh, their, their response teams and they obviously had a, a, a what do you call it, a test, uh, you know, run on this, you know, months prior. I don't know. And, yeah. I mean, it's like you're going to, they're going to be have, spinning their, their events, but they just weren't prepared. I can't how, I can't how understand how anybody can say that they were. Well, here's my view on it. And that is in terms of any threat that is likely going to approach the United States, this is one of the more predictable ones. You can't really predict terrorism or acts of nature and you can't, you know, earthquakes, volcanoes, that kind of stuff. You can kind of expect it's going to happen, but you don't really know when. So you can sort of prepare, but it's a really big risk cost analysis that you'd have to go through. But a pandemic like swine flu or like corona or even like Ebola um, could, you know, in one day in a super hyper interconnected world where we have these fancy fart tubes that fly all over the sky, it's super likely that something like that is going to spread like it has in the past. And the cost of travel is coming down lower and more people are traveling and it's going to increase the rate at which infections spread and at the yeah. velocity at which they spread. It's like one of the most predictable possible threats to the country out of yeah. all of them. Yeah. And, and this is one of those things that uh, I was reading a, uh, a story about President Bush, uh, President George W., yeah. Mr. Mr. Ford, Mr. W., and, you know, and, and how when this was presented to him about how a pandemic could strike. He was obsessed in being uh, prepared. You know, th- these maybe these that's are... why Katrina was such a disaster. He was <laughs> focused on the wrong thing. Wrong thing <laughs> on the response. <laughs> wrong response. <laughs> Katrina also very predictable, uh, as a matter of fact. Yeah. So yes. I, um, I mean, this is this is where I, 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 I don't. I also I, thought I, I think I we're think... just flawed as, as us. Is, is that right? You know, it's expensive. People... It's expensive, it's, it's and expensive. there's other hobby horses, and yeah. we have that great excuse of, well, the governor should have been worried about that. Well, and, uh, you know, and, and this is, you can't have it both ways. You you, you know, you, you hear Republicans talking about states' rights and states' rights, and then the president coming out and saying, well, you're going to do it when I tell you you're going to go back to work, basically today or yesterday, you know. I don't, I don't understand, like, how, what, you know, they— they talk about you know issuing a national disaster. Oh, wait, don't go there yet. Oh, don't go okay. there yet. All right. Uh, I, because I want to finish this up, but I do want to get there. That's my next set, set of okay. clips. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, the big the big thing today is that uh, Trump retweeted something that said hashtag fire, fire Tony or something like that. So Trump says, no, I'm not going to fire Dr. Today Tony. I walk in, I hear I'm going to fire him. I'm not firing him. I think he's what a wonderful guy. And he's so exasperated by this. Like, how could I you can't possibly? This. How could you possibly think this? Even though I retweeted it. Something that said fire Fauci. Why did you? Fire Fauci. I retweeted somebody. I don't know. They said fire. Doesn't matter. <laughs> I love this so, answer. So his so his retweets don't matter. Is basically what he just said. I, I, I don't know. It's if, Twitter. If, if you are to believe him. Fire Fauci. I retweeted somebody. I don't know. They said fire. Doesn't matter. Did you notice that when you retweeted? Yeah, it? I. I know. <laughs> Did you? Do you hear? Did you? That was Jonathan Carl, ABC. He's like, did you? Did you notice that? <laughs> this tone is incredible. It's just incredible. Somebody, I don't know. They said fire. Doesn't matter. Did you notice that when you retweeted? Yeah, it? I, I noticed everything. So you retweeted it, even though it said time to fire. No, Belgium. no, that's somebody's opinion. All that is is an opinion. And you elevated. No, I was called about that. I said I'm not firing. In fact, if you ask your friends in the office, in the public relations office, wow, I was immediately called upon that. And I said, no, I like him. 
And then later he says, well, they didn't call me immediately because it wasn't a big deal and nobody overreacted. So they called a little bit later and asked me. I said, everything's good. <laughs> oh, my word. Okay. Okay. All right. So let's talk about going back to work and the new meme that has entered the lexicon of United States citizens. We, as predicted, have looked at South Korea and we have determined they have a flawless execution and we must implement it here. And it's going to be implemented at the lowest levels of our devices. Well, imagine if your phone could tell you that you've been exposed to someone with COVID-19. Two tech giants are working on that right now. Today, Google and Apple announced that they have a tracking tool that would allow health professionals to contact you if you've been near someone who has tested positive. WCCO's Aaron Hassanzadeh explains the risks and potential benefits before this goes public. Google and Apple plan to harness the power of our phones by launching a tracing tool to alert people who have come in contact with COVID-19 patients. You're, you're supposed to call it tracing, by the way, because tracking is scary. It's called tracing. And uh, that makes me feel safer now. Mm-hmm. And it's all about uh, figuring out who you got sick. They'll use or- Bluetooth to detect when phones are in close proximity to each other. Cybersecurity expert Ryan Clotier says the plan is for users to be anonymous and those who are alerted by medical <laughs> professionals won't know who infected them or where. Okay, so that's I, the plan, Chris. The plan I, is to be anonymous, but soon that'll leak out to uh, the NSA and CIA. So don't the, you worry about that. This is really something. And I, it seems wow. like maybe this is based on open source tech that was developed by MIT. And I grabbed, I'll just play a little bit of this. This video is super dry, but this is from uh, MIT's channel. They put it out. When just a patient recently. is diagnosed with an infectious disease like COVID 19, an important step in slowing the transmission of the disease is contact tracing. Contact tracing seeks to identify the people who have had close contact with the infected individual and who therefore may be infected themselves. This targeted strategy reduces the need for stay-at-home periods. However, manual contact tracing is subject to a person's ability to recall everyone they have come in contact with over a two-week period. There is need for an automated, privacy-preserving contact tracing system. MIT is developing one such system. Cell phones are constantly advertising their presence using Bluetooth. These advertisements, which we call chirps, can be anonymous and contain no location data or personally identifiable information. Every phone stores a list of all the chirps that it has sent and all the chirps it has overheard from nearby phones within arm's reach. The MIT system utilizes these lists to enable contact tracing for people diagnosed with COVID-19. This system not only identifies contacts, it also estimates the distance between individuals, as well as the amount of time they spent in close proximity to each other. When a person is diagnosed with COVID-19, public health professionals would coordinate with the patient to upload the list of chirps sent out by their phone to a public database. Meanwhile, people who have not been diagnosed can have their phones do a daily scan of the public database to see if their phones have overheard any of the chirps used by people later diagnosed with COVID-19. This indicates that they were in close, prolonged contact with that anonymous individual. Depending on the circumstances of contact, 
They may be referred to the public health authorities, who may recommend varying courses of action, including symptom watch, testing, and self-quarantine. Wow. There's a lot to digest here. Um, oh, you better believe there is. So, also there's talk about a, uh, like, a, once you get vaccinated, like an under-the-skin tattoo that is maybe scannable somehow, like an RFID chip, sort of like a pet tracker, but something smaller. You ever... Uh you ever watch the movie Minority Report? Yeah. Hey, John Anderton. Hey, thanks for coming into the gap today. Hey, did you know that's that's what's going to happen? Right. That's pr- that is going to happen. I'm pretty skeptical that it, it like if you had a rooted Android phone, I think it'd be pretty possible to track the MAC addresses that uh, that oh, other Bluetooth absolutely. devices and yeah. then cor- correlate that to the entry in the database. And but couldn't that happen now already, though? To be sure, honest, sure, sure, probably. Mean, somebody could set up a chirp or wherever you want to call it, and then somebody can start tracking your information now anonymously. Especially if people leave their discovery modes on on their uh, on their Bluetooth devices, which a lot of people do. So this is being positioned as the solution to safely reopen the economy, because the risk is you reopen the economy, everybody goes back out, uh, and wave two comes, and we have to shut back down, and things really collapse. Or what if, all right, let me, let me flip this on you in a different way. Yes, uh, this is the way to reopen the economy, but it's completely voluntary, and uh, companies can imp- impl- implement it on a company-by-company basis. So you'll have companies that will want to do this, and you'll have workers like, wait a minute, you want me to put this on my cell phone so I can come back to work? Where do you think that's going to end? I mean, I, I feel like this is not the answer. I mean, especially when you have people that are very uh, apprehensive about what the government sees now anyway. So this is going to be baked into Android and iOS. They will both have an app in their respective stores. And then you install that and then you turn it on and you leave your Bluetooth on and it's game on. But this also undoubtedly will be added for future things as well. It won't just be for COVID-19. It'll be for all kinds of things. Eventually, the standard flu will be in this thing. I mean, remember when what about HIPAA? Remember the Amber Alert? It was like very rarely used. And then we got gray alerts or I mean silver alerts. And then we get now we get I just have to turn the alerts off on my phone because there's so many different kinds of alerts now. It's the same. It's going to be just like that. This is going to expand and expand. And pretty soon it'll include all kinds of things. And it'll generate a new era of people that are not only germaphobes, but absolutely hooked to their devices. And even though I absolutely love technology and I implement, you know, all kinds of different tech throughout my life. I think there is sometimes some 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 situations that tech is not the right solution for. It can assist in these kinds of things, but this is a this is a very very slippery slope. And I I know those arguments Absolutely. are often considered to be red herrings, but I have to be honest, I think it holds water here. This this is an also we've never seen Apple and Google cooperate like this either, which is just a remarkable thing to witness. And over this as well, and Apple claims that it can be done securely, but well, maybe I don't maybe trust the, it. May, well, maybe their 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 deductive reasoning is if they can get involved with it now together, they can uh, push back the government because maybe they feel that the government themselves wouldn't implement some such a technology. Well, I mean, we look how they're handling the small business loan thing situation right now and, and COVID nineteen and all that. So maybe the way they see it is well, if the government's going to go this way, maybe if we control it, we can prevent it from getting out of hand. Perhaps I'm just trying to play a little devil's advocate yeah. on this. I'm not sure, but I would rather just, just that, a thought. 
I would rather they come up with the standard and implement it than some federal group that would be established after Congress takes action. I mean, that that just would create some sort of monster product like we're going to get out of the Earn It Act. <laughs> right. yeah. So I, I don't want Earn It Act uh, 2.0 for this kind of stuff. I, I, I acknowledge like that this kind these kinds of things, much like cameras being pervasive in our lives now and smart speakers are just sort of an ine- inevitable result of the maturity of these technology platforms yeah and it's almost it's almost impossible for this not to happen i hate to see it happen over the coronavirus to be honest with you because hopefully within a year to 18 months we'll have vaccines we'll have ways of treating this thing where it is not the significant threat and this will never be rolled back this will be something that is with us for the rest of our lives, and that is that is just a door that once we open will never be closed, and I hate to see it for something that we have a solution on the horizon for already. I, I know I might get a little hate from what I'm about to say, uh, but people will hate on me anyway, I think, but John Oliver, uh, you know, he does a show last week tonight, and he does it right now from a white cube uh, because uh, he can't go to a studio. But uh, he did a show uh, last night, and uh, I encourage you, if you have the opportunity, to check it out because uh, he, he touches on coronavirus again. And, and one of the things he, he touches on is how things are going to be different and need to be fixed after this. And whether or not, uh, and what I mean after this is after we slowly start to try to get back to normalcy, because we're not going to be able to get instantly back to where we were six months ago or a year ago because. There are some things that have been jolted and changed, and so we need to have real solutions and real discussions and, and, and not fight because it affects everybody. I mean, this kind of health stuff affects everybody, and uh, it's just— I think your angle on the employment thing where employers will ask staff to install this and run this is the way this is going to get turned on. Oh, yeah, and then that's the part that's kind of scary because then, you know what, is everybody going to get tracked like to the nth degree like this? I mean— that's the scary part. Um, you know, I don't want to be uh, tracked like, I, I mean, I guess we are being, tra- you know, there goes the conspiracy bacon issue. You know, we're getting tracked in some way, right? You know, we're not, there are some of us that are 100% able to lock down that stuff, but I'm not one of those. I don't lock down 100% like that. And so to, to one nth degree, to, to work now, to enable for free movement of travel, I have to be tested and cleared. Or turn your That's Bluetooth sc- off. That's scary. That's well, I guess, but then again, is if your work requires it, I guess you could turn it off most of the time. Maybe there'd be no way for right. it to know when you had Bluetooth off, and then you just turn it on when you're or, at work. Or, or that the if you don't want to install it on your personal device, that uh, they have to provide a device for you, I guess. And then when you get home, you turn off the device when you are off of work, I guess. I'm, I, mean, I'm, I mean, there are ways, I guess, you could handle that. Yeah, and I'm wondering, too, like, uh, obviously, I want to look more into the MIT uh, project. Yeah. I'd be really curious to know about the MAC address concerns on like rooted Android devices or computers that were, say, set up at a coffee shop that were constantly discovering all of the Bluetooth devices around them and reading this information and tracking it to MAC addresses. Is this a vulnerability of this? I want to look into it more because at the same time, if there is a solution that can be had here, maybe it's worth considering because I hate getting sick. It it really affects my both my business and my well, work. Well, it's a financial thing too. It's it's a healthcare, and that and that's why I think we need to resolve our healthcare system, right? 
I mean, we talk about the military industrial complex on this show. We, we talk about healthcare and how the pharmaceutical companies are really involved with a lot. We got to fix this. We got to, we have to detach healthcare from jobs too. Uh, I mean, you know, why, why does it have to be all tied together? Well, let's I mean, get to the election in yeah. a moment because yeah. that's a good election topic. Yeah, but I just, I think it's something I'd like to hear from the audience um, yeah. because, geez, like at one point you do want to have a solution and maybe it makes sense to implement it now. So that way, if we had an Ebola type thing where it's something really, 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 really awful and it's just eviscerating people's lives and we already have the tools in place, there could be benefit to that. Yeah. So I'm not. Well, I hey, hate the idea. I don't want to completely shut my mind to the concept. But you know, you know, Chris, I, I'm going to go back to producer Matt again in the chat just now. He says, you know, hey, Facebook probably has all this info already. You know, they, <laughs> if they just turn it on, they'll probably freak too many people out. But you know, you got more people that probably have Facebook than that they'd be able to inst- uh, would be willing to install a third party app. Maybe Facebook would integrate it, you know, because it'll be a standard built into the OS. Right, there might be Apple APIs. and Android, and they'll they'll all come together. Kumbaya. Could be part of Facebook Health and the Facebook Health platform. That's right. As we live in a new Facebook utopia. Use Facebook Messenger to connect with your doctor directly and upload you know your what? health status. And I can even use Facebook Stories to tell everybody that I'm safe and okay. I just can't. Uh, one last uh, COVID story before we go to the election. I think I pulled this from the CNN International feed, and I don't think it's getting a lot of play here, but it's a big what the F. China has issued new regulations restricting the publication of research about coronavirus. CNN learned about this from the webpage of Fudan University. It's one of China's most elite universities. And the guidelines were published there last week saying, quote, any paper that traces the origin of the virus should be strictly managed. And the guidelines had instructions for academics about which government agency they could apply to to publish the results of their research about the origins of the coronavirus. That website included the name and email address and phone number of an official at China's Ministry of Education. And we called that individual. The person who answered the phone confirmed these new guidelines had been issued, but said they weren't supposed to be made public. Shortly after our phone call, the webpage was removed from the university's site. (laughs) But we've since learned that at least two other Chinese universities have had similar web pages published with guidelines, and one of them actually removed that information as well. Now, why is this important? Well, the first cases of coronavirus were detected in the Chinese city of Wuhan in December of last year. And there's been a pattern of government officials at different levels punishing and trying to shut down doctors and researchers who've tried to sound the alarm about this deadly disease. All that is my that is one of the things that's driven me nuts is they've shut doctors down. They provided the WHO with bogus data. And now they're even here trying to shut down research. Well, this this is this is a matter of controlling. I mean, you you have it happening right now at the White House, right? They're going to come out with their own timeline. And now you have China. Yes, I'm tying the two together. China also trying to rewrite the current timeline in history by restricting and by preventing you know, and obviously they can do that because they're a communist state and they're trying to they're trying to make that control. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the scary part here is that obviously I don't think I don't think that the deaths have stopped in China. Unfortunately, obviously, we've heard about wet markets trying to get restarted and are trying to get restarted like in Wuhan, for example. Hey, man, people want their bat soup. 
I, I understand that. It's mighty tasty, especially when you add in the hot sauce. But that being said, I mean, we're not getting truthful information. And and, and then that's where I, I agree on the level that we need to call out China for that, for sure. Uh, absolutely. And, and the suppression of this disease at the start and the, 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 the causation from it uh, and hold them accountable for that. Absolutely. Now, let's get into that election because uh, there, last episode I covered Sanders suspending his campaign, and I figured he might have some leverage in there. I haven't played one of these in a long time, so I want to play one of the supercuts of, uh, of, of the back and forth between Sanders, Biden, and the media. What do you most admire about Bernie Sanders? What I most admire about him is his... Uh his consistency. Joe and I have a very different voting record. Joe and I have a very different vision for the future of this country. I voted against the war in Iraq. It turned out to be the worst foreign policy disaster in the modern history of America. Joe voted for it. Joe Biden voted for the disastrous trade agreements like NAFTA. Joe Biden has been on the floor of the Senate uh, talking about the need to cut Social Security or Medicare or Medicaid. Joe Biden uh, pushed a bankruptcy bill, which has caused enormous financial problems for working families. Does anyone seriously believe that a president backed by the corporate world is going to bring about the changes that working families desperately need? My All right. So, well, I'll, let, I'll play this. Good friend. And he is a friend, Bernie Sanders. If we're going <laughs> to. Yeah, he always calls him his good friend. All right. Well, here's what we get today. Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders endorsing his former political rival, Joe Biden, about a week Joe. after suspending his presidential campaign. Now, it's no great secret out there, Joe, that you and I have our differences and we're not going to paper them over. That's real. Uh, but I hope that these task forces uh, will come together uh, utilizing the best minds and, and people in your campaign and in my campaign. Democrats are hoping Sanders' endorsement will help unite the party and encourage his supporters to get behind the presumptive nominee. You think it'll work? I think it will to a, to a certain step, a degree. I, I think Bernie coming out very clearly uh, and quickly endorsing. Obviously, people are making the joke, well, who else is he going to endorse? Ha, ha, ha. But that being said, I, I think, you know, Bernie has been consistent and that is, you know, he said he, you know, he was going to endorse. He was going, he supported Hillary. He's going to support Joe. He, it's about, you know, and what this is his words, you know, getting Trump out. And, you know, I think he's putting the money where his mouth is. The question now is, is he able to convince his fans uh, and his voters? And obviously he will still be on the ballot in a lot of the remaining primary states. And those, those delegates don't automatically go to Joe. I mean, that's a lot of a lot of people may not realize is, you know, when they get to the convention or whenever they have the convention, those delegates will still uh, be under Bernie until after that first vote. And then they'll go over to Joe. But this is where Bernie is going to try. And he already has successfully uh, molded Joe's platform a bit, especially when it comes to, uh, you know, $15 per hour and education and, well, and health care and things like that. Let's be honest. You're right. But uh, Biden didn't really have a platform before this. Not a strong no, that's one. That's true too. Not a strong one. Yes, they had released they had released yeah. like Biden plans, but they were just Agreed. I mean, could you can you still even name what his campaign slogan is? Uh uh Go Joe? I don't know. You know I don't know. No. I've watched tons of his streams. I, I don't know. 
I, Does I it matter even, though? I what's, the, I mean, what's the number one thing he's going to do different than Trump? Not be Trump. That's his. That's his platform. <laughs> Ding. Yeah. So there's a lot of room for uh, I think Sanders to influence it there. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and this is this is where you know uh, you've already seen that kind of influence already. I think Biden obviously knows. That he needs Bernie's supporters. He needs the young vote right now. He needs people that feel disenfranchised with what's currently happening and in previous. I I, I just read a, another uh, article earlier today about millennials and how they're getting the short end of the sticks twice. You know, they got it in 2008. You know, with the the Great Recession, and now they're getting it now with COVID. I've been I've been yeah I've been complaining about that on the show, and I'll say yeah. Also, like, don't wow. don't discount the dot com boom because that was right as I was entering the job market. Oh, absolutely. You're right. And so, in yeah. fact, I had employer. I had an employer at the time who told me, well, you're not getting a raise this year, but you still have a job. So, <laughs> you know, a lot of your friends in the tech market can't say oh. that. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It's been a good it's been a good ride. Um, yeah. So That's, I yeah. I still don't know. Uh, I think Biden's best shot is people don't want Trump. I'm not sure where I fall down on it. I don't want either one of them. I think I'm going to try to vote for uh, Tulsi Gabbard still. <laughs> oh, I, wait, wait. Is she she's still my in? Gary Johnson. Oh yeah, this she's year. still in, right? No, yeah. she's not in. No, she's she endorsed my... Joe. She no. jumped on the Joe oh, train. Did she? Oh, no. Yeah, she jumped on the Joe train. Oh, yeah. No. All right. I'm, well, I'm gonna, and I, well, then I'm I was a little shocked to... by that because I thought she was going to be like the wild card entry. But I, I think it will obviously, you know, it once Biden is official, the presumptive nominee, and we, we get a VP pick, if you will, from, yeah. from the Biden camp, I, I think, you know, we, we might see the exit of Pence, possibly. Uh, and I, I kind of want to get that in the Red Book right now. And this has All already right. been talked about in the, in the other arenas out there in the world. And so I'm not saying that this is an original idea, but I kind of like it. Um, if you see... Uh, obviously, you've already heard from Biden that he would pick a woman as his vice pres- uh, presidential pick. Right. So obviously, Trump, you know, he's going to want to try to counter that. Pence, you know, looking too plain. And, you know, maybe if this virus thing doesn't end up well, he's going to have Fence be the fall guy and, and do a switcheroo and probably Nikki Haley. Hmm. Whoa. I think you got to. That's you, I my think, guess. I think to make that to lock that in, you should submit it to the Red Book channel in okay. the Discord. I'm going to do that right now as we speak live. I just don't know about that one. I think I'd take the other side on that one. Oh, really? Yeah. Just because Pence has sort of been his go-to guy during this whole thing. I think they're tighter than ever. But we've talked, we've debated that before, so we'll just have to wait and see. Can I tell you who my, uh, can you guess who my write-in's going to be? Because I don't think I'm voting for either one of these guys. Well, we already know the state's probably going to go blue, so your vote is safe. Who are you going with? There's only one obvious choice, and I think it's on the tip of all of our tongues. I think he deserves to be president. We need somebody as broke as the rest of us in there. Uh I'm writing in Joe Exotic. Of course you are. Joe Exotic for president. Just got to get him out of jail first. (laughs) Chris, why didn't we think of a content of a show like that, right? I mean, no one's listening to us. People are watching Tiger King. Unbelievable. What the hell? Unbelievable. Wow. Come on, well, Netflix. Go, go ahead and get our show. Buy our show. Go ahead, buy on filter. Be Do sure it. be sure in your uh downtime from watching Joe Exotic, you go to unfilter.show slash subscribe because Chase and I will be back very soon. But if there's something big that happens or develops, there'll be an unfilter breaking, I'll jump on, I'll give you the latest, and then we'll come back and we'll discuss the highlights or the big notes of the week right here. So to get all of that, unfilter.show slash subscribe or Go over to twitch.tv slash unfilter and subscribe over there and get the live version and the recorded past versions as long as they're on there. 
Buddy, I know you're cooking up some stuff, so where do you want to send folks? Yeah, I'm doing a lot of great gaming and geek content over right here on Twitch. So if you're watching live, it's Geek Gamer TV on Twitch. You can follow there. And I, I, I spew all this stuff on the Twitter as well, at Nunes, N-U-N-E-S. I'm the legit guy. The legit Nunes, not, the, real not the other guy. The real one, not the fake one. It's not um, fake news. I'll say check out my personal website, chrislast.com. I got my new projects on there and Ooh. ways to get a hold of me. Of course, I'm going to give a plug for the Discord on filter.show slash Discord. And all of the links that I have that help influence the discussion today are at unfilter.show unfilter slash 302. All right, everyone. Well, thanks so much for joining us on this week's episode of the Unfiltered Program. Mm, feels good, Chase. Feels yes, real good. Yes, it does. Stretch it out. Feel good. Enjoy the beautiful fresh air around your house. Stay healthy, practice, too. Stay healthy. Right. Wa- and right now, wash your hands. All right. And we'll see you uh, right back here. Not now. Not then. But soon. Yeah. Remember, unfilter says enjoy your baths with hot sauce.